This podcast is a production of the Harry Ransom Center, a humanities research library and museum at the University of Texas at Austin. Visit our website at www.hrc.utexas.edu for a full list of multimedia offerings and to sign up for e-news. What do you think the significance of having your archive at some place like the Ransom Center is? How do you view that? Well, I mean, it's very flattering to me. After all, you have people like uh, all the others, right? Mm -hmm. Last night I was talking to Sam Radin, Uh is that his name? Yes. Uh, Who was a collector of Evelyn Waugh himself. And, uh, and, uh, I mean, you have Evelyn Waugh over here in the Ransom Center. That's an astonishing thing, uh, right off, off the bat. Here is a significant English writer, and here's Austin, Texas, uh, way out of the, uh, what can I say, the great circle intellectual route. You wouldn't expect to come to Austin to find war stuff. And in addition, you have everybody else. I don't have a yes. list in front of me, but I know you have the A-list, I mean, going right up your arm. So uh, to be in in such company, I mean, it doesn't signify anything more than uh, that they feel well, that some of your essential manuscripts or whatever are worth preserving. I, uh, well, I, it's is self-evident. It, I would. I was just. I was actually from the standpoint of thinking: Is it interesting to you that people are now going to be looking at your the pieces of your life very closely as to how you went about doing what you do so very well? Well, I think you're assuming something here. You're assuming there's going to be some scholarly or writerly interest in it. That may happen, I really don't know, but I'm not making that assumption. You have, uh, as I indicated, I have, uh, I'm aware that, uh, of you, that you've been interviewed in the past and so much has been written about you and people uh, refer to you quite often as a writer's writer and that's a term you don't like particularly. I, I, heard, I saw you at one point made a comment, but I, I assume that's they're talking about the, the state of your craft is something that writers ought to pay attention to. Uh, what do you think about? Well, that? in part, I think also. I mean, you might, <coughs> you might qualify or, or interpret that writers are fabulous readers generally. That is to say, astute, perceptive uh, readers, and to be a, a, a writer that such readers like to read speaks for itself. Uh, I only, I don't dislike it because uh, of any implication that you're only read by writers. Uh, uh, I kind of don't like it because uh, it's, uh, it's sort of a cliche. Yeah. One person wrote it and somebody read it and said, ah, that's it. And they begin calling you that ever after. Uh, so uh, I suppose it's accurate, but I don't like to think it's definitive, that's all. The, the reason I have some, you know, I've never, uh, I, I've never had a, a, a truly popular book, and lacking that is what makes me hesitant to say uh, I belong there or I think I'm uh, as good as so-and-so. I think, uh, well, it's just something that that I'm n- not prepared to uh, to argue against. 
I think um, if I ever write one, it seems a little late, but you never can tell I'm working on a book. And the nice thing about writing, of course, is you always, it's like Napoleon's statement that uh, every soldier carries a marshal's baton in his knapsack. And as a writer, you have the same possibilities always. You always have the possibility until the quill falls from your fingers of uh, writing something good, yes. I mean, it's not, uh, it, it's never the ninth inning, the end of the ninth, so to speak. Well, the, uh, the archive that uh, we have at the Ransom Center, uh, obviously, we think is very important. And we do think people will come to, uh, to study uh, your craft because uh, you are, are considered by many very, very thoughtful people to be a great craftsman. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you write. Uh, as you go through the archive, of course, people will see uh, how you, the process and the many drafts and the notes and what have you. But I wonder if you could describe that and then maybe talk about, is it different for uh, a novel, a short story, a screenplay, or is the process pretty much the same? No, I mean, there are differences. First of all, let me say that most writers, almost all writers, will give the same answer to this question. Most of them have difficulty, uh, <clears throat> and sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes demoralization, writing the first draft, but then having got the whole thing together, begin to work on it and make something out of it. Uh, beyond that, the little mechanical things of, and do you write on a yellow tablet with a pencil the way William Styron wrote, or do you write on a computer? Uh, the way Updike writes, or do you write on a on an IBM Selectric, the way uh, John Irving does, who happens to have three or four of them around the house, so whenever he sits down, he's near one. I think these things are really of relatively little importance. I was really interest. that curious, curious about that as I was, like for instance. On a novel, do you first outline a novel? Do you do you have do you have the storyline pretty well set? Yeah. Well, let me speak for myself here, because I, I, uh, here you're going to get different answers from different writers. Uh, I, in principle, try and outline the novel before I begin it, so I know how it's going to end and generally what path it's going to take. But of course, having done that. Nobody has read that, and I'm at perfect liberty to uh, deviate from that. Uh, I'm not going to be judged on my loyalty to the original draft, but rather the original outline, but rather what you end up with. So I do make an outline. For a, that's for a novel, which after all is a I don't want to emphasize its size. But one can get lost in it. One can uh, wander around a while as if in the woods, not knowing exactly which way to go. So I find it useful to have an outline. Uh, for, a, uh, for a short story, which is much more demanding in terms of how much you can digress, uh, and also is much more um, 
you're able to visualize the whole thing at once in your imagination, virtually. You don't have the details, but you know what the story is. The, you don't really need an outline, or I don't make one. What else is there? For a, a, a film, well, I haven't written films in a long time, but I used to make a, an outline for those, generally uh, not seen, yes, scene by scene, I would say, just a few lines to know where you're going. Uh, quite a good film writer uh, named William Goldman once defined it, uh, or once explained it as saying uh, that a film was structure and that you had to have the end seen in mind when you began because your structure was merely leading to that. That's not the only way of defining what a film script is, but it fits my conception of it. I sympathize with that. And so uh, that was generally when I wrote the films, uh, that was the way I did it. The, one difficulty with writing films is the waste. You write a lot and only a limited amount, if you're lucky, is ever reaches uh, you know, the stage where it's being filmed or the screen itself. And sometimes your work that you think is uh, that you're more than satisfied with your best work ends up uh, not in the trash, in the wastebasket, but ends up uh, unread or unused. And I think that that's a very high price to pay. And you, and you no longer do screenplays as I oh, haven't done it for quite a long by time. By choice, you guys. No, understand. by choice. Well, I couldn't be hired now anyway, but that has nothing to do with I. I wouldn't be if I could be. But uh, often you'll find, I think, that uh, movie writers become demoralized after a period of time, cynical. And uh, in part, I think it's due to what I've just said. In another part, of course, it's due to the amount that they're paid. There's a disconnect between them and other writers, except for the very fam you know, the very top best sellers. Uh, most writers work for relatively little. It's uh, it's not a thing you want to go into to make money. Uh, so, but there's a big disconnect. The screenwriter, for writing, as far as writers go, can do very, very well. But we're living in an age of tremendous disconnect, anyway. Let's get back to how you write. You mentioned yeah. that you, uh, how you uh, outline, perhaps. I, I looked at the uh, makeup board, if you will for a Life is Meals, a large cardboard boat with, with stickies and, yeah. and, and colored dots and what have you, and it was amazingly well organized. I mean, and Well, that, that was that, a particular, but remember, that's a very I, particular. I do understand that, but yeah. I wondered if I could extrapolate from that that you are a very organized person when it comes to putting your, your, your work together. In my wife's view, I am very organized. In my own, I would say there's some gaps. In the process, then, you know, you get organized and you start writing, and, and uh, uh, the question always that arises is what is the, 
what is the pivotal structure? Is it is it the sentence, the paragraph, you know, the chapter, what have you? I mean, do you, how how do you view that? How, as you well, I try and finish chapters. Uh, you can't really. I mean, you'd be a fool to be excited by a sentence, and a paragraph is really not that much better. Although sometimes you feel a certain sense of warmth, having written a paragraph that seems to be close to what you had hoped. Well, don't you also, th I mean, I, 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 I sometimes feel when I read your work yeah. and somebody else who you admire, uh, and, and that is Nabokov, uh, Speak Memory, for instance, which yeah. is a book, in, including to, uh, in addition to Light Years, that I give as gifts because I can delight in a sentence yeah. in both your work and his. And I know that you wrote one time that the sentence has to be in the service of the greater product yes. or something like that. But is it, is, it, is it not okay to delight in that sentence and say, boy, that is good? Well, I, I think that's a little like looking in the mirror as you pass the entrance hall. And, uh, <laughs> don't waste your time. No, but I mean for the reader, thing. is it not okay? <laughs> well, for the reader, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely okay. But remember, uh, that sentence is in the is in the service of something larger, and uh, ultimately the whole thing is in the service of the book, and so I don't count that as being a particular strength or virtue. I think it's the opposite. I had a tendency. I'm trying to I'm trying to work past it. I had a tendency to. To try and uh, write such sentences occasionally, but I don't. I no longer want to do that. I'd rather is that a retreat from lyricism or something. Well, I think that's very apt. I'd say that's a very uh, yeah. It's um, damning, but uh, <laughs> but I accept that. Yeah, I'd like to back off from that. So, in looking back, do you do you consider light years? Uh, too lyrical? Well, it's very lyrical, and of course it was damned when it came out. In fact, it was killed uh, at birth uh, for that very reason. It was said that the lyricism was unearned, and uh, that may be true. I mean, you know, you, you really shouldn't ask me that question, but on the other hand, I've reread parts of it not long ago because Richard Ford wrote a, a recent introduction, not here, it's in Penguin Classics in England, and I read his introduction a couple of times, really a terrific piece of work, and then I read parts of the book and said to myself, yes, it's, it's lyrical, but I love to read this anyway. So I thought, well, uh, I don't know, it's too early for me to decide. I leave that up to the reader. I think it's been forgiven in a certain sense by people who have some critical position. Uh, I think uh, forgiven is not the right word. I think its lyricism has been accepted and understood in the context of the book. It won something called the Fadiman Prize about three or four years ago which is a prize given for novels 15 years old or more that deserve a renewed attention. I didn't, 
I mean, that's not something you apply for. I don't know at all how that happened. They have a panel, they have editors and so forth. And I noticed Penguin Classics, which rarely, uh, only in a couple of uh, cases, publishes the works of living writers, uh, took it as one of theirs just a month ago, two months ago. Uh, so, as I say, I, uh, you know, I don't want to say well, its lyricism is, is uh, okay. I'd say that's been a, a very contentious, or not contentious, but that has been a point that has been criticized and, and unaccepted by certain readers. On the other hand, I know there are a number who feel that, uh, that that's the glory of the book or the strength of the book. Well, that leads th then to a, another question I wanted to ask you. Uh, how, how does one uh, handle um, criticism, like you indicated there were a couple of writers, I know, uh, when Light Years first came out, uh, that, that did not review it well. And then also the, the, the concomitant to that, perhaps, might be a rejection when you get you know, rejection. How, how do you handle those? How, how, does, how does that affect James Salton? Just the way you would handle getting your nose bloodied in court. I mean, uh, it's certainly not pleasant. And you say, does this mean that, I, that I'm no good, really? Or does it mean this just happened to be one of those things that happened? Or or they really didn't listen to me, you know. Uh, well, I, the reason I asked perfect, that. I, one of the writer is just as human as anybody else, and in fact, probably a little more sensitive because he or she has uh, spent so long preparing this and hoping that it's going to be good, and then to uh, have somebody slap you in the face is, um, yeah, it's not pleasant. Well, after I, I, something else I was curious about was uh, after you know the product is completed and what have you, and you now have put the final period there. Uh, how involved do you become in the stylization of what you're doing, the print, the uh, size of the book? Oh, yes, uh, speaking of the book itself. The, yeah, the yeah the dust jack. I mean, how how? Well, it depends on your editor, your relationship with the editor your importance as a writer, and a number of other things. I mean, I've had a variety of experiences depending on, uh, on the book and the publisher. Sometimes if the publisher is particularly cordial and likes you, uh, Jack Shoemaker, for instance, who, who ran North Point Press, you know that imprint? It still exists, but it's not his anymore. For about 10 years, it was probably the most eminent of the small, pardon me, independent houses, well apart from New Directions. And uh, Jack was, uh, yeah, he would say, what do you think, how should we do this or what should be on the jacket and so forth. You don't do the design of the book, of course. It would be a rare writer who had the necessary knowledge to say, this is how many pieces of lead should be between no, the no, lines and so yeah, forth. Yeah. But when they show you a sample page or two, which they may, depending on your relationship, they may ask you, you may say, the margin at the bottom, it, it runs too close to the bottom. 
or these lines seem to be a little close together, make it difficult to read for this book. I don't know. And of course, every writer thinks they know what, uh, if you're a publisher, this is going to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? I mean, then we, you mean we have to talk to that person about what the book's going to look like? Forget it. Uh, so, probably my closest friend, well, um, one of them, as an editor, was Joe Fox, who was an editor at Random House, the editor of Light Years, as a matter of fact. Fox would not dream of uh, wasting his time consulting with you about all these things. We'd say it'll look great, don't worry about it. Speaking of Light Years, would you talk about Light Years a little bit? Uh, tell me how, how that, the idea for Light Years came about. I don't recall exactly. Uh, there was a period in my life when uh, we lived on the Hudson River, or, or very close to it, and uh, out of uh, upriver uh, up from New York City, about a half an hour up. And uh, we had certain friends then, and it was the first civilian period of my life. I'd gotten out of the service. And it, remained, and it remained very vivid to me because it was like, I don't know, your first year is when you're out of college or something. It was all new. These people were different. The life itself was different. And we had one particular couple that we were very close to who were essentially the models for the couple in that book. But of course, when I say models, you understand that you take you take uh, liberties. You you make an effort to make these people a little more um, what can I say? A little more exalted, a little more interesting than perhaps they are in life. However, they were. Uh, it was thinking of them one day. I don't know. I suppose it been uh, it been in my mind for a while and suddenly it began to take form. And I do remember this, I sat down and I started writing, oh, I remember what happened. I thought, I'd like to write a book, I remember all this, but I don't want to write a Tolstoyan book about the backgrounds of these people and how, they, how this came along and what happened to them, and in short, a carefully plotted social novel of the late 19th century or the first half of the 20th, of which I had read many examples and which I admired, which one was brought up on, I thought, I'd like to do something a little different. I'd like to write a book that is only the things that really you remember from all that, that stand out from all that, that life is really composed of. Certain things that people said, certain moments, you don't remember all the uh, stuff in between that has to be invented or reconstructed anyway. And starting from that premise, which I later saw reiterated in something that Jean Remore said, that the only things, uh, the only things in life that are important are the things you remember. Well, that's self-evident in a way. If you've forgotten them all, they can be very important, unless you forgot them on purpose, yes. Uh, but otherwise, you remember the things that are important. I thought, I'd like to write a book 
with that as the general pattern of it and leave out all the rest. I thought, now that's an original idea. It may not be. I really don't know. I don't know many books like it, but I was pleased with the idea. And I sat down one day, I remember, and wrote down what I thought those things should be. And uh, there were about, I don't know, 35 or 45 of them. And those essentially became the chapters of the book and then the book itself. In that book, uh, I think it's Barry who says uh, uh, there's, the, there's the life people see you living and yeah. then there's the life you really live and that's the one that causes you the trouble and what have yeah. you. And then at the very end of the book, <laughs> he's standing there at the shore of the river and he says, yeah. I am ready, yeah. you know, and yeah. what have you. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'd often wondered if that, you know, and now I am ready, am I ready now to, to try to, uh, to, uh, to take away that distance between the is and the ought? In other words, the life that I'm, the people see me living and yeah. the life uh, that I am living? I mean, it, Well, I don't, I don't object to that. That's not what I had in mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> what but I you? mean, you know, what the author has in mind, in a sense, can be irrelevant because uh, the book is what it is. Yes. And things that people think about books later, books worthy of talking about, that is to say, or, or that have sufficient uh, density or complexity, often th things people ascribe to them were not intended at all, or the author was unaware of what he or she was writing. No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant it. Um, well, you know, um, I wish we had the book here. I'd like to just scan the last pages quickly, but I believe what happens is his marriage is broken up, his children are grown. Uh, I think his wife has died, his ex-wife has died right. by this time. He's gone abroad. He married another woman, a woman devoted to him, but uh, very ordinary in many ways compared to the glories of his difficult woman he had, difficult but rather marvelous woman he had been married to, and now he returns to the old house uh, for no particular reason. He's not uh, restoring it or anything, he happens to be wandering there, and I think he sees a turtle that uh, they had uh, scratched their names in the shell years before, and here's this tortoise, I mean it was 20 years before that they had done this. Uh, you know, making its way through the leaves. Have you ever seen that? I'm sure you have. The way they move along and uh, and his life has gone along and here's the river. And I think people have said to me, did he kill himself? Well, uh, that's the farthest thing from my mind. I mean, I don't think that's implied or signified there. I think he's saying in a sort of... Uh, a metaphysical way, well, uh, he said, I'm ready to face and to, to acknowledge and understand this whole thing and to be part of it, even the, in this third act part of it. I've, I've always been ready, but I am really ready is what I think he's saying. But as I've just admitted, uh, you don't have to 
find that in it, and maybe it's not there for the average reader. I may not have uh, expressed it correctly. It's a, you know, it's a poetic book. It's a lyrical book. It's a poetic book, and that's a poetic line at the end. If you get it the way I intended, fine. If you don't, well, you know. well that's the way you stated it is the way it is actually reads. It's yeah. the, I have always been ready. Yes. I am ready. Ready now. at last. Yeah, I'm ready at last. Yeah, yeah that's the way you. But it, you know, once you re look read things to, uh, several times, you say, "Gee, I wonder if I have that right." So that's why I, I wanted to ask you. But on the other hand, we're doing it. I, I really shouldn't have gone this far into it because when you start doing this, is certain lines don't bear that kind of inspection and and interpretation. You have to take them whole, so to speak, and accept them. Otherwise, uh, it's like the English class where they're saying, "What are the motives behind Hardy's repetition?" Or something. I mean. You know, well, saying, let me out of this class. This is, uh, this is yeah. Well, uh, we uh, we take it whole and accept it, and by that I mean your archive. We're thrilled to have it, and we're certainly thrilled well, thank to you. Uh, to have you numbered them among our authors. And thanks very much for thanks your very time much. this afternoon. Well, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you.